Glover Daniels delivers fast and flexible recruitment research solutions to leading multinational companies and executive search consultancies around the world. Just go to gloverdaniels.com to find out more. Recruiterslivelounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Hey everyone, welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge, where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment entrepreneurs on this planet. And uh, today's Live Lounge guest is Stephen Converry. Um, Stephen is the owner and director at Conquer Recruitment based in the Midlands in the UK. Um, and let me just tell you a bit about Steve. He started off his career, he describes as an old school recruiter. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, his meaning without a computer uh, and relying on old school methods. I think the first, uh, his first days in recruitment were very similar to mine. Here's a phone, here's the yellow pages, best of luck. Uh, we know all about that. Times have obviously changed since then, and Stephen has become a highly accomplished people manager um, and is the owner director of this, which is his second recruitment business. Um, Stephen has a strong experience in turnarounds and startups and currently invests his time in his newest venture, Concur Recruitment, with business partner Corinna Shields. Um, since moving on from his old school recruitment methods, Stephen now insists that the 21st century modern technology is at the heart of his business, here, here, uh, with the latest cloud-based products. Um, and, and he uses those to assist his back office, of course he does, and business functions. But he's got a major, major focus on pushing his brands, sorry, his brand through all of the social media platforms. Uh, Stephen, I hope I got all of that right. How's it going? Yeah, great introduction, Roy. Thanks for that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we try. We work hard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Stephen, look, tell us a bit more about the work that you guys do at Conquer Recruitment. Yeah, so uh, Concur Recruitment was formed in, in 2013, like you say, with, with Karina and myself. Um, we, we're now getting into the second stage of, of what we see as the development of the business, um, and, and that's really to start scaling up. For the first first year or so, um, Karina and I went back to the tools and, and started working hard to, to get to a level playing field, and then kind of the last year we've really been um, focusing on getting bringing the best talent into the business. Um, now we're really looking to scale that up. So the process procedures are all all done and dusted. And, and like you say, back in my day, I was a a, a, a pin board and and cards um, recruiter. Uh, but now it's completely changed. We're obviously using modern technology like we're using today. So we and I'm I suppose at a stage where you've just got to give in and say right. Actually, we are using these modern technologies to make the business better, and it's it's working for the best, Roy. Fantastic, and and, and Steve, look, the reason why I was smiling there is, of course, we share very very similar uh, yeah. entries into recruitment. Mine, uh, you're a, you know you're considerably younger and better looking than me, but uh, mine was really really similar in that whole thing of like here's a phone, here's the yellow pages. Yeah. I would imagine that there's going to be many recruiters watching uh, watching this episode or listening to the podcast that have, have not even seen the yellow pages you know yeah. it's an online directory now uh, far easier to find but um, Steve look on behalf of everyone in uh, recruiters live lounge we're really really pleased to have you here and I also think that the the stage that concur, concur recruitment is currently of that you know we've got through our first year is this your is your second year now is uh, it just hold our second year's accounts yeah okay so you know having got through that first year um which is crucial for you know for, for people and not not the easiest one to do yeah. it's now it's like okay what do we do how do we grow that and i think there'll be many people watching or listening to this episode really really keen to find out how you guys are doing it yeah. so um Stephen, without much, you know, sorry, without further ado, let me get into our first question with you. Yeah. Um, at Recruiters Live Lounge, we always like to kick off with our guest's favourite success quote. What's yours and how do you apply it to your, your business every day? 
Yeah, um, mine would be one nobody's ever heard of, Roy, um, and that's because it's my own, right? <laughs> so my my own uh, success quote is: the only day I'm going to worry about any competitor is the day I look to buy them out. <laughs> and and the re the reason of that is because um, I think in recruitment, um, having competitors is is only a healthy healthy thing for the market. Um, I never ever have once worried about competitors in my market. Um, I use that as a, uh, a catalyst to make sure that myself and the business that I work in, whether it's my own or clients that I, or, or companies that I worked for before, making sure that I am the best at what I can be. I think if you get too heads up on what your competitors are doing, you can fall foul to letting them overtake you. So my motto is to make sure that I will never worry about them I will always make sure that I will do my best to make sure I'm the leading um, company there. Um, and the only day I'm going to worry about my competitors is the day that I look to buy them out. I love there that. There we go, Roy. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think that's a brilliant one. Um, and, and Steve, does it mean, because I, I, I agree with you, I, you know, it's interesting because most of uh, what people would perceive as my competitors are people that I know quite well and we get on and we... You know, we often share, uh, they're, they're affable, you know, relationships. They're not sort of um, adversaries. Um, but would you say to be aware of your competition is a good thing, but just not to fear it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You've got to be aware of your competitors and you've got to, you've got to know, you've got to know what they're doing and you've, you've got, to, you have got to watch them and, and, and ensure that, that, but you are mindful of them, of them as a business. But I, I would never, I never go home worrying about my competitors or it never keeps me up at night worrying what they're doing. Um, I just need to make sure that I focus on my business and make sure it's the best best business that I can make it. Yeah. I Listen, I agree with that. I always think as well that, you know, good competition obviously spurs us on to, to, to greater things. And also from a client point of view and a candidate point of view, um, the better the standards are in our industry, the better everybody is. You know, if clients have good experience of, of working with recruiters, then actually the, 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 the sell of your business into them, I believe, is made easier because they understand the value of a good recruitment service. Yeah. We're just going to tell them how we're going to do it better, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Agree 100%. Cool. Um Stephen, look behind every successful entrepreneur. We know, yeah. uh, certainly in my own case, it's kind of you know there's littered with uh, with failures and challenges. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what would you describe as your biggest failure in recruitment or business? Uh, you know, in the past. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't know where to start or end with that. Um, I have them on probably a daily basis, um, but I'd probably say um, the biggest one for me. Um, was was the my, my previous recruitment business? So I had that for, for four years. Um, it was a, an industrial specialist recruitment agency, and there was I suppose there was kind of two failings in it. I suppose the first one for me was was insurance. Um, I had a client that I'd supplied for probably about three years and a decent client paid their bills on time, never early, never really late but always on time. Right. And um, for the full three years, I tried to gain insurance on them and couldn't, couldn't gain insurance, but continued to, to supply to them. And then one day got a, a phone call from a receivership saying that they'd, they'd unfortunately gone under and, and took me for a fair bit of money. And that, I mean, um, for a week, it was like, right, okay, when am I going to be getting my money type of thing? And obviously the way it works, the revenue and everything, take their money and, and, and whatnot first. And and within a week, I'd gone from owning a business to literally having to pull the shutters down. So it was a, it, it was a failure. But if I look back and say, what what were the biggest things from it? There was one insurance, and okay, I couldn't get insurance on them. But what I didn't do was um, make sure that I had kind of fail safe to say right if I am prepared to, to take a risk on this company that what am I going to stump up have a, a pot or something like that I didn't that's that's one of my biggest failings but but even with it I think probably the biggest thing for me is complacency I, I think I felt that as the years went on 
I got more complacent that, that if I take that client in isolation, that, that everything's okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. going to not necessarily really push on and develop things. I, I believe that I got complacent, and that's one thing that I really push on now. So one is insurance, and, and okay, Roy, as, as you well know, you, you've got to take risks in business, and even today I, I take it, but I'll take a calculated risk or make sure that, that I've got a backup plan um, if I can't. For instance, gain insurance on a client. But then the second thing is, I never ever get complacent. Every day I go home and I'm a bit, I think to myself, right, is there anything that I've done today that is making me start to get complacent? And that's probably the, the two biggest things for me and the failures I've had. Stephen, that's great advice. And, and you know, knowing you, I know that you're driven by that as well. It's like not allowing that complacency to creep in. I think has kept you at the top of your particular game for for a long time, and and long may that continue. Um, and you know something, it's like I'm. It's a painful lesson to learn that one of a, a client going yeah. under and being vulnerable. And and you know I've been there myself, and I, you know I know how crippling that can be. Um, thank you for your honesty in terms of describing how you know that that customer going down actually brought down your business. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I was uh, watching or listening to somebody talk about, um, you know, protecting one's business. And yeah. he was saying on a webinar that, that I attended that um, he said, you know, every business should look to be able to keep the lights on was his phrase uh, for a period of 60 days, i.e. that they, you know, you had enough cash reserves to be able to to do that for a minimum of 60 days. But he said... You know, if you can build that up to be able to uh, to last three months, six months, a year, yeah. uh, where if something catastrophic went wrong within your business, that you would be able to, as again, yeah. you know, keep keep the lights on. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to ask you the sum that you've kind of got now in terms of that contingency plan, but is that along the same lines as yeah. as, as what you've learned from it? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, even even now, like, like I said before, you you, you you have got to take risks. Do you know what I mean? We've we've actually um, I won't name name any names, but we've we've got a client that we've actually signed up to a, to a sole supply agreement Good. that um, and we've been supplying them probably about a year now. And it's a, a quite automotive manufacturers in the Midlands. And um, at the point of us starting to, to work with them, we did a similar thing. We couldn't gain insurance on it. But we, we took a calculated risk to say, right, how long would it take? And the similar thing to what you're saying, Roy, basically 60, 60 days. We need yeah. to make sure that we can we can fund this. And it's the director's um, responsibility to make sure that we do that. Um, and actually, lo and behold, we, we again, with my insurance head on, we've, we've then tried for insurance and now we can gain insurance on them. So all that, that risk paid off. Um, and, and I wouldn't ever do it to put, put the jeopardy of the business um, into play like like I had before. But you've still got to take risks, I think, as a, as a business owner. You've just got to make sure they're calculated. Steve, I, you know, I really, and I've not heard that. I've really not heard that before. The point that, you know, I picked up from what you just said there was that as a director of the business, you feel that responsibility yeah. to to take risks, calculated risks, but always the protection of the business and the staff that work within you know within that business are reliant on you to make those decisions, to take those risks, but to also make sure that their positions are are, are you know are covered and that they're safe, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. I don't hear too many directors kind of saying that. They might feel it, they might think it, they just don't tell me that. So yeah, I think it's the key thing as well. I mean, uh, it, it's one of the it's one of the hardest things. And I've had it throughout my career when I was when I was, I suppose, back on the tools, as they say, when you, you you've been trying to get into a client for for years and years and years, and then they give you a go, and then only to be rejected by credit. So um, it, it is one of those things that you, if someone's worked hard on a client, you you do want to do all the best you can as a business owner to make sure that you you at least try and. and and say right, okay, we, we we are going to supply, but it's either on these terms or it's you know what I mean. You, you you make it applicable to that particular client to make sure that it that it, that it works. And okay, occasionally it doesn't, but you, you you've got to at least say that you've tried, right? Stephen, I um I know that a lot of the people watching this uh, this this interview or listening yeah. to this podcast 
um, are not based in the UK. You know, most of most of the people listening will be overseas or you know in in different uh, cu- countries. Um, you mentioned insurance, getting insurance on a customer. Could you kind of explain what that means for you, just so that um, people listening to this, they may be a similar uh, similar application within their regions. I just want them to kind of understand what what you mean by insurance. Yeah, so 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 whenever we take on a client, we will always run a credit check on them for, for obvious reasons, okay. and then we will go to our insurance broker and then take out policy to ensure that the debt. Um, again, we we take certain risks with certain clients, but we've got um, there's two types. We've got obviously because we do permanent recruitment and temporary or contract recruitment. The temporary and permanent because it's paid out at, at points of so the next week we but we won't see that actual revenue come back for like say. 30, 60 days, right. and we've got to make sure that that, that invoice is that is then insured, and we can gain 90, 95% of the value of that invoice, so at least it's protecting um, not only the staff that, I, that, that work internally for me, but any contractors that are out on site, again, that's one, one of our um, founding mottos, that we will make sure that every contract or attempt that works for us will be paid on, on the Friday that they're due to be paid. It's one of the key key principles of this business. And it is making sure that, and if anything did ever happen, that we can still, Friday comes around, we run the payroll and, and the contractors get paid. Love it. Love that, Steve. And, you know, again, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Some of us have got to go through those very painful uh, lessons in order to learn some of these things that are our guiding principles in the businesses we work now but sounds like you've picked out the best of best of uh, that experience um <laughs> it's, a work, it's always a work in progress um, <laughs> Stephen describe for us the eureka moment um in recruitment everyone has it where the light bulb goes off everything slots into place and it's you know not 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 uh, uh, accurate to say plain sailing but it's a lot clearer than than previously what was your eureka moment oh i, I suppose it was just before i opened my first business roy um where, as you know, I was working for a, for a national industrial recruiter, and I, and I chose them as a business because they had a, had a great reputation in the market, still do today. And um, one thing that they did have was the, the management structure there was was excellent. I mean, even now, um, again, it is a little bit old school, and I wouldn't put the principles into place in my own business, but it was doing press-ups before you start making a phone call, um, literally locking yourself in a room with a, a, just a telephone and a yellow pages and going through it. But it, it, at that point, that, that's, that's what you're meant to do. And, and it did work. You've worked long, long hours. Um, but again, it's, that was it was my grounding. And I, and I kind of live and, live and die by that today. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other day, any other way, sorry. Um, I think for me, the eureka moment was... Um, Probably about three years into my career, and, and ultimately not not masses and masses of recruitment experience. I, w- I was classed as a senior consultant back then, and, and three years in, um, but I was earning a, a lot of um, profit for them on a weekly basis. Obviously, with with the, with the temp market, industrial market, high numbers. We, I mean, we had a plan. And there was two consultants on a plan, so me and my. We were, we were making fourteen to nineteen thousand pound a week every week for um, for this company, and and when you're doing that consistently, you kind of then realise you think this is the step where I know that I can make money at this industry, mm. and ultimately, I suppose it's a, it's a cliche, and a lot of people say it, but you are lining someone else's pocket, and I think it got to the stage where I'm thinking. This is a lot of money. If it's a couple of grand a week, then then it would be a bit of a risk. But when you're talking fourteen, fifteen, sixteen thousand pound a week every week, I kind of then this light bulb did flick and say, I am good enough to to take on this challenge. Um, it was a tough one, but let me say, Roy. Um, uh, I'd saved up a bit of cash to bankroll the business when I, when I first started it, but for the first. I think, it was, I think it was about six weeks. I, I worked a night shift in a factory and uh, whilst I built my business up because I didn't want to touch any of the money in the business and just wanted to continue to, to bankroll it. But yeah, with my first business, it was it was a, a first 
insight into business to think, well, actually, you you, you run a, a, a business in itself with your plan at a company, but that's got nothing to do with marketing. It's got nothing to do with the payroll. It's got nothing to do with with all the other background things, but it was a it was a, a first insight into it. But the eureka moment, I think, was was the money side of it and and, and how much profit that, that I was pulling in for them. So. so many kind of knowledge bombs in what you've just said there, Steve. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. First of all, anybody who understands industrial temp recruitment yeah. will know and fully empathise with. Uh, what a respectable figure that was. It's like, you know, traditionally a low margin, very high volume, quite intense, you know, on call 24-7. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that gives people a, a kind of a hint of what industrial recruitment is. So to, to achieve those figures on a weekly basis, uh, you know, anybody working that market, I think will be uh, will full of respect for you. Um, and it is that thing, isn't it, that... Um, uh, hopefully, none of your staff are listening to the. Once you realise, <laughs> once you realise how much money you can make, it's like oh. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, though, isn't it, that not everyone has that entrepreneurial uh, spark, that gene, that piece of our DNA that says, you know what, I could do this. A lot of people think it, but actually don't do. So, you know that that occurs to me on what you've uh, you've just said there, um, and just that thing as well that. You know what, we, we start recruitment businesses, many of us, because we were good recruiters and we can make money. And then it becomes that realisation that, oh my God, there's all these other hats I've got to wear. It's, you know, the manager, the director, the, the, the accountant, you know, making sure that you're responsible for um, paying your VAT or not. You know, all of these different things. And if we could just get on with the, the business of making placements and being a recruiter, wouldn't life be simple? But actually, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more to it as a business owner. So, yeah, loads and loads of stuff in there. And thank you for for sharing that with us, Stephen. Um, I'm really keen to ask you what you do personally that I, I don't know that that you do consistently on a daily basis that sets you up. You know, maybe it's a morning ritual. Maybe it's your I don't know. You, you mentioned there in the good old bad old days, doing the press ups before you, you you got on the call and did your call outs. But what do you do on a daily basis that uh, you think sets you up well? Yeah, yeah. I don't have time for the, the press ups in anymore. And I think to be fair, if I started doing that more, um, I don't know how many staff will uh, will stay with me if I started doing that. So I, I, I don't do that. that. That's fair to say. To say with that, I think probably one of the biggest things with with me is is, is probably really the structure. Um, of, um, and I suppose it kind of covers a, a, a couple of different facets where you've got either the process and the procedures um, or um, one thing that I, that I live and die by, and actually this is part of my corporate career, I, I, I kind of had this, is is following a day plan mm-hmm. um, and, and meticulously staying to it. Um, do you know it's difficult? And I mix things up every day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not one of these kind of military. Even though I'm saying that my wife normally says that I'm quite military style. I should be in the army, but I don't follow it in a military style. But just in a meticulous way that you're saying, right? What am I going to get achieved today? Good. And this is the structure of how we're going to do it. And and it, and it can go down as simple as every single morning and every single morning in 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 my office or any offices that I, that I've got. Um, it's it's always we have a morning meeting. So it's the first thing to start the day off, and that's for everyone to yeah. to kind of share their views, their opinions of, of what they want to achieve today, and for me to share mine. Um, and then it's straight into core hours. Um, yeah. And then one of one of my key things that I've kind of again lived, lived and breathed is is lunchtime. Whenever you have a lunchtime, you use that hour. Don't sit at your desk and kind of go through emails and. Um, Kind of start doing your own, get yourself out of the office. Now, even if I've got a, a situation where I, I can't leave the office, I'll go and walk around the blocks. I think it's time that you just need to get away from your desk. And I encourage anyone that ever works for me is to say, right, just use that hour to, to, to go and get yourself out. And then back into your, your core hours after lunch. Um, and then and then sorting your doubt then for the for the for the next stage and um, obviously making sure then you're writing your daily plan the day before. So it, I suppose it's, it's sticking to a, to a day plan 
meticulously and obviously you can mix it up but just making sure that you've got those core principles day in day out I, I love the fact that mrs convery thinks that you're military that's uh i think i do it with my kids as well and she's like listen they're children you don't need to manage them like that but no i think you've got the right idea i do i do believe you've got the right idea um steven you, you are you're absolutely right idea and i always think um I, I speak to people in recruitment and say oh you know this job is about fighting fires and, and you know, the job changes minute to minute and, and you know, yeah. uh, all of that happens. And we know that. We know that it's a volatile, volatile industry that we work in and, and no one day, uh, no two days, sorry, are the same. It's like it changes okay. minute by minute. However, um, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I really like the idea that we must always set our intention of, of the things that we need to get achieved, sorry, that we must get achieved, need to get achieved, and then the things that we'd like to achieve if possible. Yeah. Because without that plan, if you go into every day without any plan, then yes, you will be just fighting fires and uh, you know dealing with whatever your inbox throws at you at that particular second. Yeah. Um, but with a plan, what you can do is you, you 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 know everything that I see in my inbox, I'll always ask myself, is this more important than the thing I'd set myself that I needed to do? And I always. Uh, would look to prioritise on on that basis. So, yeah, good, really, really good advice, and I, I love the fact that you're doing that. Um, okay, Stephen, question for you: What do you see as your biggest strength, and then conversely, your greatest weakness as an entrepreneur? Uh, I suppose I've got a list of weaknesses, Roy. <laughs> um, the strengths might take me a while to work out. Um, no, I think um, probably one of my um, let's think. Strengths. I've, I'll probably go firstly with my wife again. Uh, <laughs> one of my biggest strengths is, is having my wife by my side, and um, I think that is a is a is a great thing to have. She she always backs me, um, and when she doesn't back me, I know it's a, not a very good idea. So having that person behind me, and I suppose a, a little bit like a mentor to always turn to to um, to run ideas past and. And, and I suppose to firmly keep my feet on the ground because I can get a little bit carried away now again as uh, all recruiters can. Um, another thing I would say is is my team, the team that I've got around me. Um, more importantly, obviously, Karina Shields has been a great um, asset to myself and uh, a learning curve. I used to be a manager and now, now we're joint owners, which, which is um, a challenge in its own right for anyone. Um, but to make sure that um, the team that, that are behind myself and Concur Recruitment are really pushing this business forward, I think is one of the, the biggest strengths for me personally. And they all take on their own individual roles. And, and I hope that I guide them in the way that, that um, is making them succeed as, as successful people in their own careers. Sure. Um, what else would it be? Um, I think learning from the previous mistake, mistake that I had, Roy, with with being complacent. I think one of my biggest strengths now is that that I'm not. Since that day, I've not been complacent in whatever I've done. Okay. I've I've had a, a real structure in my mind of what I wanted to achieve from that. Um, whether it was going into corporate recruitment to um, give myself more exposure into the market and and really see different facets of, of recruitment because I was and uh, hold my hands up to say I was a very one-sided recruiter right. um, and I knew that if I was going to develop myself further I needed to see it from from different eyes so making sure that I wasn't complacent and going right okay I can do this let me challenge myself to, to take on um, bigger and, and, and bolder roles um, um, and I'd probably say today that is my 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 strongest strength is, is every day I'm I'm never complacent and never um it's probably not a very nice thing to say but I'm never happy Roy I, I'm a happy person don't get me wrong but I, I'm never happy with what we've achieved I always want to to increase and um, gain further exposure to what to what we're trying to achieve. I think that ties in really nicely to that complacency thing. It's, it's, you know, happy may, maybe, you know, sort of, I, I would say satisfied. It's like, yeah. I never feel completely satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I say this to people that I coach that, 
if you just see um, you know our our self development as a mountain to to get up, yeah, yeah. Then um, what I find with a lot of people, you know, recruiters, business owners, etc., is they reach the the pinnacle of that mountain, mm. and they just feel like, wow, I've arrived. You know, it's yeah. like that's it, I'm done. Yeah. And I think yeah. the key thing there is to see our development, our life, our business as a mountain range. And as quick yeah. as we conquer one, we should be looking for that next challenge. What's the next bit that I need to get? And we yeah. constantly need to do that in order to you know, get momentum and feel like we're progressing in life and in business. So I, I like that. you know, And I, I, I do think, and again, knowing you, it's probably more about... Uh, to do with the complacency, not yeah. wanting to feel one hundred percent satisfied with, uh, you know, with with life or business as it is, and and I think that's a really strong driver. Um, okay, Stephen, I'm going to get you. You know, you've worked in recruitment for for a while now, and uh, like me, um, we've seen a lot of change in in the recruitment industry. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball for a second okay. and yeah. <laughs> and uh, tell us how you feel or what how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next five years. Okay. Um, I, I feel, and this probably stems from probably the last two years, and I think it's developing further and further, I, I feel recruitment's getting a lot softer. Um, and... I don't think it's a, a negative thing or a bad thing for the industry. I think, in, in fact, it's probably a, the, the best thing for the industry. Um, again, not to go back too much to, to our days, Roy, but recruitment was was known as a bit of a sharky business. You've got these recruiters doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And I think I even part, partook in myself in the, in the past, but to try and get clients and obviously get candidates into work and getting up at six o'clock in the morning and, and, and dropping candidates down on site and all those kind of weird and wonderful things you did. But um, I think it feels to me that that a lot of people are coming into recruitment that, uh, that, that probably don't want sales, which seems like a crazy thing because recruitment is a sales industry, but it's a lot more um, kind of account management focused or a lot softer. Um, but the reason why I think it is actually a good thing for the industry is because you, you, you're gaining recruiters into the into your business that wouldn't normally look at, right, I don't want to be a sales consultant, I don't want a sales job, but they are coming into the industry and that they, they are top talent. I mean, I, I've got one particular person in, 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 in my business who, who is an account manager that doesn't want sales and, and she's one of my top billers. Um, so it, it's crazy to think if, if I offered her a sales consultant role, she wouldn't be sitting in the, the seat that she's that she's sat in today. So I feel it is going a lot softer. Um, but I think the clients are probably getting a better service rather than it being, um, and obviously not saying every recruiter was like it back in the day, but rather it being a sharky type of a recruitment mentality or a real hard sales focus. So I feel that's the way that the industry is really going. Um, and I'd probably say one of the biggest challenges for this industry over the next five years is, is going to be internal internal talent. Um, as, as as you know, Roy, we, we are in the phase of our business. We've got over the next 18 months, we've got, what, two uh, branch openings. We're looking to employ 16 more staff over that period. Um, and we've identified that that is, one of, is going to be our, our biggest driving factor next year or over the next... 18 months really of, of where we're going to find this top talent yeah. but we've taken the approach that we, we, we can't just go right we want experienced hires or we want um freshies that, that, that have come in and got no experience at all we, we, we're taking the approach obviously we're going to naturally look for experienced hires we're looking at grads we even um partner with the the institute of recruiters to bring apprenticeships in we've currently got got um uh, one of our consultants on an apprenticeship at the moment so really looking at the the overall picture is saying we we need talent in our business, but it's going to, some of it is going to have to be that we are um, training one from within, but also um, trying to extract the um, the experienced hires into the business as as we possibly can. Great insight, Stephen. I um, 
and I, I probably disagree with you just on one point, and it's you know it's not really a disagreement. It's probably again just a, a you know a choice of words. Yeah. Um, I think you described it as the industry's become softer, um, and I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I think you know back in those uh, good old bad old days, um, there were sharp angle sales techniques that are being yeah. used and 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 actually yeah. even today there are some of those techniques still being used by some of the dinosaurs yeah. but i think um even in those days there was a slightly more sophisticated account management um driven uh sales people recruitment consultants yeah. that yeah. used that consultative selling skill yeah. to really you know work together with candidates and clients to deliver solutions I agree with you. I think the industry um, has grown up, and I think that, yeah. that those skills are probably more common, more evident than they ever were before. Yeah, definitely. And in turn, I think that's attracting people like your, you know, one of your top performing consultants there. That you know, not describing it as a sales position, or yeah. or not feeling that oh, this is sharp end sales technique. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think is attracting a, a different caliber of person. So, um, and and long may that continue. I, you know, I I really do subscribe to that. Yeah. Um, but listen, thank you. Really, really, uh, you know, interesting uh, little take on it. And I, I know that, you know, the challenge for you, for Concur Recruitment and for many people watching and listening to this interview, uh, it is like, you know, we've got a great recruitment business, but in order for us yeah. to move towards our exit strategy, whatever that is, um, we need to go into a growth phase now. And, and you know, the... The perennial challenge is where do we find these people? How do we attract those people? How do we train those people? And then final piece, how do we, sorry, how do we motivate? And then the final piece is how do we retain the very best of those? Uh, I, I think is a whole set of challenges that uh, you, Corinna, and probably many, many more watching this will, will be facing over the coming uh, months and years. Yeah. And it's key, Roy, I think with the, that what we've what we've really worked hard on over the last I'd probably say over the last twelve months is just making sure that we've got the structure right internally because okay yeah naturally everyone wants to grow their business but you've got to make sure and it's, it is a real tough thing that why would anyone want to come work for Concur Recruitment do you know what I mean obviously they'd like to work with me Roy but um, putting that aside we've got to make sure that we have got a a, a, a a very good structure whether it be development opportunities for people to come and join whether it be yeah. well we, we, we do love the color green and the office is very nice and bright and airy green um, I feel like we've got one of the leading um, industry packages but then also um, over the next coming years we're going to make sure that we've got one of the best training packages in the industry do you know what i mean so it's not like okay well i'll come and work for concur recruitment because i can do well and i can earn a decent amount of bonus it's, it's also about actually what do you want to achieve you you want to come to work you want to be trained you want to be mentored you want to be developed yeah. um and and i think that's an, an added thing and, and probably what i meant as well with the kind of the, the sharky recruitment comment it was a case that sometimes you just got into it and that's it and you kind of stay like that rather than kind of got developing it and becoming more of a, a of a consultant or the consultative approach so you are um i suppose in turn really giving clients and whether it be the client be the, the candidate or the, the physical client but really giving them the service they deserve rather yeah. than just chasing the the next book yeah. so to speak no it's a you know really really good uh, take on 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 you know how it was and and yeah. and how it's improved you know I, I really agree with you on 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 all of those things. Um, Stephen, I, it's come to that time where I've got to ask you if you're ready for the lightning round. So, okay. Stephen, are you yeah. ready for the lightning round? Yes, I am, Roy. Yes, bring yes. it on. <laughs> the lightning round. All right, listen, my first question to you, what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from being more successful? Uh, that's quite easy, Roy, and that's not working for concur recruitment. <laughs> they're not working for recruitment, recruitment and they're not going to be successful. There you go. Was that quick enough? It's a great um, answer. No, I, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, in truth. Um, I, do you know what I'd probably say is he's, he's, he's working to a niche. Um, and whether you're, I don't think it doesn't matter whether you work for a generalist recruiter or you work for a specialist recruiter. I think within that, you need to choose a niche. And even to the, when, even when I'm interviewing, I, I, I say to people, what you've always got to understand in the market that you work, I am going to try and make this as quick as I possibly can. Um, but um, in, in, in the industry that you're working in, you've got to enjoy that industry. It doesn't mean that you want to be an engineer, you want to be an IT consultant, but you've got to enjoy that industry yeah. because you're going to be talking to those types of candidates and those types of clients. You, yeah. First, you've got to enjoy it, but then also find your niche in that. Um, Karina is, is, is a kind of a prime and perfect example to this. Previous company that, that she worked at that, that where I used to manage her, she had um, they, she worked on a specialist division, but she had her own niche. Right. And in that niche, she knew every candidate and every client in that target market and really honed her skills to make sure that she understood. And that's not just understanding that what, what the client's needs are and what the candidate's needs are, but actually that industry. And it was a particular target, the, the target position that she honed her skills on. Um, the, the last year that she worked in that particular business, she, she turned over a quarter million pounds worth of profit for that business um, within a year. So by just choosing a particular niche and, and not like what I said earlier, not just working in an as, for an engineering specialist or an IT specialist, but saying, right, actually, I'm just going to focus on I'm going to be work for an IT specialist consultancy and I'm going to just focus on project managers. I'm going to know all the project managers there is in whether it be the UK, the Midlands, and I'm going to, I'm going to work with all the clients that would need those skills. Yeah. I think that's the, 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 um, the probably one of the biggest things that could hold recruiters back. I, um, I, I agree with that, Steve. And I, it's interesting because one of the, the, um, things I, I would you know encourage you and you know other business owners when you're interviewing uh, potential rookies to come into your business get them talking about a passion or a hobby um, and when you see that they're really animated at the height of that animation you know animation and how they're speaking mm. point out to them the state that they're in and say to them that's mm. how I need you to be about mm -hmm. the desk that I'm recruiting you for. So, yeah. you know, it, it, as you say, they don't have to want to be an engineer. They don't have to want to be an IT contractor, but they do need to be able to speak passionately about candidates and clients and opportunities. Yeah. Um, if they can do that about their own personal hobby or interest, uh, then it's a really good clue that they'll be able to do it for uh, you know, for the for the niche that they they end up recruiting with. Okay, um, question number two. Yeah. Uh, what's the best piece of business or recruitment advice you've ever received, Stephen? Uh, uh, so I've had this twice. Um, so I had the, the 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 well, whether you call it advice or not, um, I would I call it advice. Um, and that was that um, on both occasions I've been told I'm not good enough to run a recruitment business. Wow, <laughs> it wasn't but, me. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't you, Roy. No, no, you haven't said that to me yet. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it was. But for me, um, someone saying to that, it can only spur you on to kind of say, right, I will show you that, that I can do it. So for me, that was my advice to say, right, Steve, you you can do it. It's an interesting one. So when people throw the gauntlet down, and you, you you see that as a challenge, you've got to take it, Roy. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Okay. I like that. Thank you. Um, Stephen, what's something that you see working brilliantly in your business right now? Um, maybe it's a piece of software, maybe it's an app or a hack that you guys use, but something that you guys are using in your office. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I don't know if it's more to do with saying that, that what we're particularly using as a, as a, um, as like an app, uh, like a hack or an app but one thing i would say that, that that's working brilliantly in our office at the minute is is the diversification of what we're trying to achieve um we we've, we've got um the process and procedures honed to such a point that actually it's it's going to be very easy for us to create new divisions and and bolt on divisions to this business because of the overall structure right. whether it be the actual database that we're using to um to obviously house or or or, or 
all of our information, all the cloud-based technology that we're currently using and the, the social media, but we're making it that we are so diverse that, that actually what we're doing in, in one division can be completely replicated in another division, but making sure that we keep a, an, a, a real keen eye on compliance. Mm-hmm. So even though we are swapping from one division to the next, the compliance and and the overall customer service that, that, that the clients, like I say, candidates or, or, or physical clients um, see will be exactly the same and obviously to and actually the highest standards. Brilliant. I love that. And it's consistency, isn't it? It's that uniformity yeah. that candidate clients experience across Conquer Engineering should be similar or the same even. You know, it's like the experience of those people should be uh, exactly the same. Good. Okay. Um, Stephen, question number four. What's the best yeah. business book that you've read in the last six months? Oh, um, uh, it's, it's been in the last six months, but I think it's I think it's probably the fifth or sixth time I've read it, Roy. Okay. Uh, and that's How to Win Friends and Influence People by obviously Dale Carnegie. Um, Classic. I've read it that many times, um, but I, I never fully understand it. And yeah. I think every time I read it, I read nuggets that that I think I've missed. Um, so that was probably the, the, the latest book that, that, that I've read, um, albeit for the, the fifth or sixth time. It's a brilliant book. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. it, it's consistently been on my top list for yeah, since I first read it. It's one of the oldest, uh, you know, development books, self-development books, whatever you want to call it, but actually yeah. one of the best still. Um, yeah. And you're right, actually. I, I always find that picking it up and reading it after you know not having read it for a, a few years or whatever i find different messages yeah um so yeah no i i, I really like that book thank you for sharing it um I think, I think probably what it is as well Roy, is over the years i've, I've lost that many friends and i'm trying to think oh, I've lost all these friends. so i'll quickly turn back to that book and go right okay i need to find some new friends again but yeah that's probably another reason <laughs> Stephen, final question for you in the lightning yeah. round if you woke up tomorrow morning armed with the same knowledge and experience and everything else that you've got that's brought you to this stage but you didn't have conquer recruitment yeah what would you do what would you do to start all over again um i think i'd do exactly what i did when we started concur recruitment roy um and that was um obviously for myself before concur recruitment for the last kind of i don't know four or five years maybe i i've not been a recruitment consultant i've been a manager or or, or business owner yeah. and it's it, and it was it was quite difficult for me going back and and getting back on the tools but i think it's like it's like riding a bike you you, you kind of never lose those those skills of, of actually the art of recruitment and it's what 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 we love, isn't it, Roy, is, is actually physically recruiting people. Um, and for the first 12 months of Concur Recruitment, I was. I, I was back down to a, I might have had the title of a director, but I was a recruitment consultant, making sure that, that, that I'm giving clients and candidates the best service possible and and really making sure that, that I really build a good foundation and a good base for the, for the business to start. So it, it would be that all over again. And I think in our in our first 12 months, Karina and I, we were obviously both on the tools, I think we converted something like 40, 45 clients, which is not bad going for, for the two of us for the first for the first 12 months. So. It's, very, it's, it's really yeah. good. And again, you know, I think there's a real story there for uh, people in that first year of recruitment. They, you know, start off your recruitment skills should be uh, at the forefront. It's like it's your skills as a recruiter. It's... You know, it's 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 deals on the board, it's money in the bank, it's all of those things, yeah. and then you, you know, always looking to work on the business. But at that stage, it needs your recruiting skills. Yeah. yeah, I think at the stage that you guys are now and have been for a while, it's okay. We can do that. You know, mm-hmm. clearly we can demonstrate that. But now it's how do we bring people in, develop those people, yeah. and do more of it in order to you know grow in this in this phase of our development. So, yeah, um, I'm not even going to wish you luck with that, Stephen. I know luck's going to have nothing to do with the success that you and Corinna are going to have there. Um, (laughs) Stephen, really sadly, we've come to the end of our time in Recruiters Live Lounge together. Um, If you, just two final things I wanted to ask you. 
Um, firstly, a parting piece of advice for people watching or listening to this interview and um, ways of getting in touch with you after the show. Of course, we're going to post all of your relevant links you know, in the show notes below this interview, but okay. what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and what's your final piece of advice for people? Um, a final piece of advice would, would um, be if, if you're looking to um, come and work for a very dynamic business, then obviously come and, come and work for me. Um, yeah, there we go. That good selling there, Roy. That's good. Uh, um, yeah, one piece of advice I would say to, to, to recruiters out there is, is it, it is a hard game. We all know that. It, do you know what I mean? It is long hours and, and it, it always will be a roller coaster. But just make sure that when, when you've got those good times, you do enjoy those good times. Good. That is key in this in, in this in this business. You've got to make sure that you do focus and enjoy those times. I love yeah. that. I love that. Uh, and, and getting in touch with me, yeah, um, obviously you've got the, the, the standard LinkedIn. You can search me for, by my name. Um, if guys want to contact me on my mobile, my, I'm, I'm sure we can can add a, uh, my mobile to the bottom bit, or, sure. or come on to concurrecruitment.co.uk. We've got a we've got a link to any particular jobs that we've got posting at the moment as well. Obviously, internal positions. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, Stephen. Listen, on behalf of everybody at Recruiters Live Lounge, from all of our listeners and, and watchers of this uh, the video podcast, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Roy. It's been a pleasure. It's really, really great to, to, to share your journey. And I know that it'll be an inspiration for people uh, watching and listening. Um, to all of our uh, listeners, viewers, uh, you've been listening to Stephen Converry, Director of Conquer Recruitment in Recruiters Live Lounge. To receive this and every other episode, you know, people that we meet that are the most inspiring recruitment entrepreneurs on the planet to get more of these episodes please subscribe we'll get them delivered straight to your inbox you'll never get a chance to miss any of them um so until we see you the next time in the recruiters live lounge it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from stephen thank you Bye -bye. thank you You've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. How do you ensure that you deliver the best candidate in the market as opposed to on the market to your clients? Glover Daniels delivers fast and flexible recruitment research solutions to leading multinational companies and executive search consultancies around the world. They're able to deliver first-class results on your executive search assignments in a fraction of the usual time, which can also save you money. Go to gloverdaniels.com to receive an incredible discount on your very first assignment.